to the Section 5 Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. If you enjoyed Episode 1 of the Section 5 Podcast, we're back with Episode 2. We're in the dog days of summer here in Boston. Uh, baseball's wrapping up. We have preseason football. And the NBA schedule just came out Monday. So we have a good uh, episode for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit of Team Shamrock, NBA schedule, getting to the rookies, and any other random topics that come up. Uh, I'm G. Webster. Uh, we have the rest of the Section 5 crew here. It's uh, good. Everyone, all right, everyone's alive and well, checking in. Um, no high stakes this afternoon. <laughs> next so, week. so yeah, next time we have we have, we got to make good on Adam's bet um, in the future. But Mark, Trey, Adam, special guest Bobby Goss is here too in the corner. So let's just get right to it. NBA schedule came out Monday, guys. <clears throat> Tell me what you think. Well, it's like any other eighty-two game schedule, really. Like they play everybody, so. You look at it. You pick out a couple of games that you that you like. A couple that might have a specific interest. There's one that comes to mind. It's the elephant in the room. Kyrie. Philly. Oh, Philly. The first game of the season. All right. Uh, old friend Al Horford, and then all those other dirtbags on the Sixers who we've come to hate so much. Uh, <laughs> kicking off the season with the Sixers again. A couple of years ago, I remember they opened with the Sixers too. Last year, was it last year? Last too? year it was Sixers. Right, yeah, it was. Yeah. Sixers my, on Christmas. My uh, laptop background is actually Tatum dunking in that opener. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, a couple of years ago when the Sixers were in full blown Tankapalooza mode and they had just drafted Okafor, and it's like, hey, ten bucks, I get to see Okafor's first ever game, and now it's like, who gives a shit? It's Okafor's first game, <laughs> but that's this. They, they open with Philly a lot. Division, so it makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, Al Horford, they're going to see him first game of the season. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's just, it's an away game. So, I mean, there won't be any, you know, nostalgic things with Al for me, especially with, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, like, not even there with him in Philly yet. I mean, I'm, I'm still probably a little delusional about his effect, the, how it's going to affect us. But, I mean, it's, it's Philly and... Big rivalry. I mean, it's always, you know, NBA doesn't really consider it a rivalry yet because we've always whipped their ass pretty much every time we played them the last couple of years, since, especially since the playoffs. Um, but I'm, I'm ready for the season to get here, guys. Like, Yeah, it's always a good, it's always good for us, especially when the schedule comes out because we get to start looking at tickets, games, mm-hmm. potential away games, road trips, mm-hmm. um, games we can keep, games we can sell. Uh, so it's always exciting when the schedule comes out. Uh, in the last episode, when we talked about free agency, free agency pool player movement, we didn't really get into the Al bullshit. And I'm, I have, I, you know, I have a personal vendetta against Al. I'm like, to me, I'm not criticizing his game. I think his game, he's, he was an elite glue guy, basically. He wasn't going to get you 30 points a game, 15 boards, but he did the little things, set the screens. Like, if you're a coach and you watch film, he's a dream player to have. But it seems like Al's getting a pass that Kyrie's definitely not getting, partly because Kyrie wasn't saying, like, you know, Al wasn't saying, you know, fuck Thanksgiving and yeah. <laughs> don't ask me shit and talk to me July 1 and 
all the crazy shit that Kyrie say would say. You know, Al's uh, make the right play, say the right thing, professional, but. <clears throat> All the stuff that basically killed the team, which happened more so in the locker room than on the court, Al, it happened to the Al's watch, just like it happened to the Kyrie's watch, just like it happened to the Stevens watch. And we don't want to spend too much time on on just rehashing what happened last year, but we didn't get to do it on the last pod. And when Kyrie said he needed a 14, 15 year veteran, my first thought was like, okay, what is, let's go with Al. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, at that time, Melo had became available. Um, but We're everybody knew. Already. That was fast. Everybody <laughs> knew Melo wasn't going to be a Celtic, though. So that was his hype at the time. Yeah, I don't know who but else I mean, he could I don't know who he could have been referring to. But. I mean, it's crazy, but you Unless guys. one of us. <laughs> I sent you guys a clip in the chat of P.J. Tucker. I think that a that guy like been, that, that is, is a guy that he's talking about. Yeah. A guy that all the young guys respect. A guy that, <clears throat> when when things are going bad, he's gonna call out the young guys. Now, wasn't Al supposedly that guy? Like, yeah, we ca- found that to be Captain Al, and, th- and, th- and that's what kind of is rubbing me the wrong way. Like, he's taking money to basically not have to guard Joel Embiid again. If he was on the team next year, we would still be mm-hmm. a contender. So, he clearly doesn't see himself as the guy who could be like, right, I'm gonna make us a contender. He's like, let me go jump on another team that has a good shot of winning. Yeah. But, like, Al kind of did it in a way where it was, like, it caught everyone off guard. Like, it's, it, it was a little snake, snakeish to me. Like, I just think he's a he's an on-court, lead-by-example guy. Not a, not a locker room, yeah. lead-by-example guy. Sort of like A.B. in a way. Avery Bradley, when he was here, he led by example defensively on the court. Wasn't too much of a talkative guy in the locker room. And I mean, that's what he was with the Hawks. We got the exact same player that the Hawks had for nine years. His stats are pretty much the same across the board. He shot more threes here. That's really the only difference. He's the, the same leader that he was on the court there, and he's the same whatever the foil of a leader is in the locker room, here, there, whatever. You got the same guy. You got what you paid for. So like, I don't really hold that against him too much because I knew what I was getting. If he had come in and we expected him to be this rah-rah, locker room leader and he had that reputation in Atlanta and he came here and it went away okay that's different but I think I'm more I think I'm more annoyed that he seems to be getting oh you know can't blame Al you know good for Al like you know he's not getting that same that same hate that vitriol that that Kyrie's getting like I said because he didn't say a lot of the stuff that Kyrie said but it's just like the season turned what was supposed to be the most promising season turn to shit and everyone's getting blamed Jalen's getting blamed Jason's getting blamed Terry Stevens Danny and it's like Al seems to be getting a pass during not only during the season but once he decides to just basically jump ship and go to Philly like that's almost Ray Allen going to the heat and everyone's like oh you know I'm gonna cheer when he gets there and I'm like no I'm good with Al he's in Philly I'm not cheering for him at all I might boo him and just really quickly, in the last episode, you mentioned like the best rumor of the summer was the Celtics were the mystery team. Yeah, <laughs> for Al, after great. all that, yeah. after yeah. <laughs> a, West, a Western Conference team was like, oh, maybe it's the Celtics are the mystery team. <laughs> but it seemed like they had Kemba lined up, and Al was ready to go. And again, we, if you guys want to have some final thoughts on Al, I'm just in the not feeling Al Horford I, camp. I tweeted about it. I'm booing him, and I don't want to see a montage for him next season. I don't. I don't need a montage. But 
I'm not angry at him for leaving. He made a business decision. He got a hell of a lot more money in Philly than he would have got in Boston. Kyrie made a business decision? Kyrie, yeah, but he would have got the same money here. Right? Kyrie actually took a little bit less. But yeah. yeah. He, so money wasn't a factor. <clears throat> Horford wasn't getting anything close to what he got in Philly if he was staying here. I agree. So, I agree. Or, or anywhere else. For yeah. Them. And this is his really his last shot to cash in. A year, if it wasn't a year Philly down the road, he's not. If it was another team, I, I'm. I, it's Philly. I hate yeah. Philly. Yeah. So, I mean, we. You're dead heard to what me. I said at the opening of the pod, like we don't like. You're Philly, dead to me. When 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 we when we got Horford, like you know, I know he we didn't we didn't see him as like that rah rah kind of guy, but I at least thought in the locker room he was he was gonna be able to say something to young guys when things needed to be said or, you know, be that type of guy. It's not like no one sees that stuff. Only the players see that stuff. Like. That's what I thought we would get in Al Horford. Not just, you know, that guy that leads on the court or whatever. Like, we needed we needed him to be the guy to look at Tatum, to look at Brown, to look at Rozier and be like, look, guys, we're in a crazy situation right now. We have so much fucking talent. Like, what are we doing? And they're worrying about shots. Like, if you guys win with us this year, the money's going to come. Like, say shit like that to them. Like, instead of just hiding in a corner and watching Kyrie blow himself up in the corner. Like, this shit's like, crazy, right? He's hoping, like, he's hoping to take, effectively take the back seat in Philly. And hopefully, you know, it'll get them the top seed. But, well. I mean, look, if he wasn't able to keep Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Terry Rozier in check, good luck keeping guys that already got their money. But they, I don't even see the how they were a problem. I still don't yeah, see Yeah, right. Like, I don't see it. But it's like the perception we got is that they were... They were upset okay. with Hayward getting his minutes. Well, yeah. whatever. We, All right. We well, you got any last parting shots for that trade? I'm just not cheering for Al. <laughs> Open night. Fuck it's it's Al. that simple. Listen, I stopped following Anna too, so <laughs> that's 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 how heated I was. Uh, that she's, was a, the break. she's a good follower. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. <laughs> so let's move on to some of like the rest of the schedule. Um, as I said, I was excited when the schedule came out. I'm ready to see. But being in it this long, I know we usually have. The, uh, we always have the Super Bowl Eve game in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it's usually against, like, the Clippers mm-hmm. or the Rockets. It's one of the Western Conference teams in February. I haven't even looked at the schedule, but I bet you we have one of those. Oh, um, February 5th against Philly. So that's probably the Super Bowl special right there. Uh, so let's talk about some of the uh, games that you guys are kind of more excited for, um, home and away. And maybe we can kind of figure out this road trip thing while I, we're on the I'm going to do a little bit of politicking for this road trip. Because I've done this before for an NHL trip. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Day after Thanksgiving, Brooklyn, noon, in Brooklyn, right? And then that Sunday at 3.30, Celtics-Knicks, right? And you can find something to do on that Saturday. Whether if maybe I can get you guys to go to a hockey game. The Rangers are playing the Devils. College basketball schedules aren't out yet. Uh, Fordham is down there. Uh, St. John's is down there. We could potentially end up luckily in New York in the middle of that on a UMass road game which would be kind of cool okay uh, so like there's a couple of things there there's a ton of stuff you can do on the on that Saturday uh, I've done the trip before for hockey where it's been like Devils on uh, on Friday Islanders on Saturday Rangers on Sunday and it's just it's pretty cool you see three different buildings you go to three different games they're all within a half hour 40 minutes of each other depending on where you stay uh, and it's pretty affordable you can get a cheap hotel you can get cheap tickets to those games because, I mean, Knicks tickets, that's not a commodity. I was going to say, I just got an alert from my bank account. <laughs> right? So, so like we can, uh, <laughs> So this is, 
it's a lot cheaper than like going to Miami or go and going someplace where you can only go to one game unless you jump on a plane and go somewhere else on the way back. So I'm excited for those. I want to do it. So Mark, you have November first. No, not the not the uh, November game against the Knicks. It's the uh, it's no- November 29th and then December first. Got it. Okay. So. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So those those are the ones that I, that I'm looking at for that road trip that we're we're talking about. So for the Section Five road trip, Mark has the New York special. Yeah. Brooklyn, Manhattan, Knicks, Nets, hockey, college basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if. So I've yet to go to New York and do anything like you, special. You've never been to. You've been. To I've New been York. to New oh, York, okay, like say. basketball related, like drafts or anything like that. You've never been. Few years, so like I've, you've never been to any of the building. Any no, of the we went to a Knicks game once. Went to Knicks and Nets. Yeah, we went to Madison Square Garden. I haven't been to Barclays Overrated or Madison Square either. Garden. Yeah. So I want to go. I want to raise hell like Knicks fans do at the TD Garden. Mm-hmm. I want to be loud. I want to do all that. Yeah. So yeah, sounds I'm, good. I'm ready right. for a trip. Road so trip to so New York. So you say New York, you wouldn't want to do that in Philly? I would love to do that in Philly, <laughs> the, but the, if we're going to get two games in one. You can't Yeah, you can't the eye that. of the storm. So two in one. All right, cool. Adam? I mean, you know, I'm, always down, I'm always down for a road game. I mean, a couple of road trip games. So, you know, that's definitely, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm down. Like, hey, I'm 100% down for that. Nice. I don't but, have to wear you guys down for the next few months. I mean, great. I mean, but looking at it, Looking at the schedule as far as a uh, couple of games that that I'm looking at that are like those those might set the barometer of the team for the year. It's February twenty third, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth at Lakers at Portland at Utah. That's a little brutal stretch. That could show us what this team is made of. Right after the All Star break, we got a four game trip starting with the Timberwolves. But so us. Us attending aside. No, nah, I don't You're think... You're talking about... Yeah, yeah. Real basketball. Right now, yeah. I ain't doing that yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean... Like I don't want to go to... Portland's nice. Yeah, I mean, Portland, Portland's nice, but I don't know about Utah right after. I mean, yeah. So, um, <laughs> a great team to watch. I mean, hey, I am definitely want to come, come to see the... Come to the Garden when they play the Seas, but those are two great games that... Um, those are two great games that I think are, are on the schedule for us. That'll see where we're at. Yeah, the uh, the Portland Utah being back to back, flying from Portland to Utah for that game, that's a scheduled loss. Yep. So we'll see what happens there, but that's one of the ones you look at and you say they're probably going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it's going to be, if nothing else, an entertaining stretch. That's three teams that are just really fun to watch. We get to see against the Celtics in four days. Yeah, in the road trip that I've been pining on to these guys is. <clears throat> the April trip where we go to Orlando and Miami back to back, get to get to spend a nice entertaining night in South Beach after the Miami game. I mean that's I'm, definitely I'll, I'll for the stay for extra trip. hours <laughs> fine tuning the podcast. <laughs> you guys are gonna go out like the young guys did to uh, Kyrie. That, see that that's game. cool, but one of the, the spoils that we have being up in the northeast is these states are small so hey it's the same state it's really close orlando and miami is not close yeah it's, it's a but, four hour driver you're gonna have to so fly. but 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 it's a shorter flight to miami than it is the drive to new york no it's about the same it's about new york's about four hours yeah new york's the same miami's about three and a oh, half we're talking hours drive. yeah so new york fly i mean new york flying is 45 minutes but right. technically you I could drive. get there in the same amount of time yeah i'm just, I'm hey. just saying just throw that out there <laughs> 
Um, but and the weather will be nice. And if anything, I'd want to do the Miami trip in January, even though it's on a Tuesday. A Friday night mm. in Golden State, um, in San Francisco, November fifteenth. Mm. That would be dope. Sunday oh. afternoon in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Like I've always wanted to go to a Celtics Lakers game. Mm. Like in in, in LA. In LA. You know, money money You've aside. Here. <laughs> money aside, like that would be that would be sick. But in terms of like a game, like a real game that I'm looking forward to on the schedule, I'd have to say it's the it's the Thanksgiving game um, against Brooklyn where we're serving beef, not turkey, this year. <laughs> We're serving beef. And that's if Kyrie shows up, because I don't really think he showed up to Cleveland, he has sort of rest days. Yeah, that's a huge mm-hmm. for most huge of the yeah. yeah. that, like, That's the game I'm waiting for. The Brooklyn game at home uh, in Boston, Kyrie, November 27th. I'm looking forward to that game. That yeah. that should that should be cool. So that's it. so um, you guys will be at that game. So if you so if we do that New York trip, and that's right before you the, guys yeah. will be at the home game against Brooklyn. Right. Awesome. So then you'll be back in, then you'll be in Brooklyn, oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you'll see them Celtics and Knicks. Yeah. And then hell, if you want to see Miami, Miami's back that Wednesday. Yeah. Here in Boston, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, I would I not advise game. anybody to go buy tickets for that game. If I was a betting man, Brooklyn. Uh, no, the yeah, the Brooklyn game, Thanksgiving versus Kyrie. Would I go buy tickets for that game? So it's a Kyrie's seller's market. Play? It's definitely a seller's market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you definitely. go. We'll see. Oh, that's good for us. <laughs> yeah, that's a seller's yeah. market. Um, got to got to pay for those tickets. Another one that I got my eye on. Uh, there's there's two of them on the schedule, about a month apart. But I'm excited to see the Hawks. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They should be fun. Like they're yeah. If even if they for sure. Even if yeah, they even if they yeah. Even if they suck, they're they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and they come on Fridays. Uh, there's a Friday, January third, and then February seventh. So, Friday night, go see the Hawks. I, I think I'm going to have to do at least one of those. And then you get to see the best uniforms in the NBA. This got like, of all the years that I've had tickets, you know, you look at the schedule, you you know what the prime time. You know, best team games are, but the best games have usually been a, like a random Wednesday night in January against whoever. You know, right. and the C's. You know, the C's aren't on their game, and then it's an entertaining game, it's a close game, and something happens at the end. So, especially this year with the uh, with the parody, mm. you know, there's it's gonna be so many good games. Like you right. still have some teams that are terrible. You know, like the Knicks. Right. Even though we'd be yeah. going to see them <laughs> on the road. Um, under Mark's plan. That's fine. You, you get to see the Celtics kick the shit out of them. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's not too many, there's not as many great teams, but there's a lot of really good teams in the league. And an interesting thing, speaking of uh, just how season tickets work, is that the Celtics put the games into tiers. And they have platinum games, gold games. So platinum games are games that are basically that the Celtics price above the average price. Gold games are also above the average price. Green games are sold at the average price. White and gray labeled games are sold below average price. So when you get season tickets, they do flex pricing. Every ticket doesn't cost the same. Um, And it's interesting to note that the platinum games, the Celtics have what they consider four platinum home games. The Pelicans at home on Saturday, January 11th. The Lakers, the Clippers, and Houston. So Brooklyn, Philly, Golden State, Milwaukee, 
none of those were considered platinum games by the uh, Celtics marketing team, which is interesting. Ugh, why would they make Toronto a gold game? I don't know. Toronto, maybe because it's a Saturday. They're, uh, the Celtics so, yeah. don't play at home on Saturday very often. Right. Toronto, so Saturday. Saturday night game. Um, right after Christmas. Just look at the schedule. That's considered a gold game. But I mean, we have to believe the division rival yeah. matchup for the, like, the last possible uh, year. Well, they're still good. I mean, they got Kyle Lowry still. They got some pieces. So while they're still decent, you gotta you gotta take advantage of that. Yeah, matchup. and and Saturday is usually a Bruins day, locally. It, yeah. So I don't know. You get, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Saturdays. It's just um, interesting that Golden State, like even you can make Denver, I mean, no no clay, no KD. You can Katie. make Denver on a Friday night a, a gold game. Like, yeah. Why is that a green game? But only four platinum games according That's to the crazy. Celtics. So. And those platinum games, I think, totally make sense, too. Like Portland on a Friday night. You're like, that's whoever made this is... I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 how the seas that's how the seas viewed them. Yeah, I guess. um, You know what's missing from the schedule, though? I always like to bring my daughter to, like, the weekend matinee game. Mm -hmm. It's usually, like, the Hawks or somebody like that, whatever. But it's, like, a 12-30 game on a Saturday. Like, I love those games. There's none on the schedule this year. Earliest is a 3-30. Yeah. If you pay attention, it just goes by biggest star on the team. Yeah, it's no. So you got Zion in New Orleans in the platinum game. You got got Braun. Zion. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, I know. New Orleans. That's the well, main that's attraction. Yeah, attraction. People, are, people want. I wouldn't put the Pelicans as a platinum. People game, want to see oh. Zion and the Celtics Se- know that. Saturday to see Zion, he's one of the. Yeah. Okay. Whether he's good or not, and you're going to be able to he's, see Braun in LA. Yeah. I get Clippers. I get Lakers. I get Houston. Yeah. Gold games. You get to see Brooklyn. You get to see Kyrie. You get to see everybody. New team in Philly. And then you get to see the new Golden State team. And you get to yep. see Giannis. Philly again, Giannis, a Saturday division game. Like, those those make sense. The Toronto one, is, it, it is kind of weird, but also the team's not going to be anything close to what they were last year. But it's still the defending champs, so. That's like they made the Bulls the year after Jordan, a gold game. Let's take a little look at the Gray Games. That team was a 10-win team. On the other end of the spectrum, the lowly, lowly Gray Games. Almost like those gray sleeve jerseys that the Celtics Yeah, have. just low. One of those uh, is a Charlotte game. Charlotte. Don't, don't sell that because you're not going to get any money for it. Terry Rozier? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the homecoming of Terry Rozier? That guy not, better not get a montage. <laughs> T-Row? I, I like Sunday T-Row. Afternoon. I like T-Row, man. Um, Cleveland? Uh, Washington? Potentially without Beal because who, who Maybe knows? Beal and the Celtics. Yeah. Miami? That's, Miami. A, hey, that's a nice little bargain game Jimmy, for someone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that should be a great game. Bad, yeah. yeah. Cleveland against Spurs are a great game? That's they, interesting. Yeah, they still have DeRozan and what? Wednesday night, they're not terribly interesting. They don't have any Chicago stars. and Memphis. That makes sense. Ugh. Memphis might be a nice, fun game to watch. It's that's crazy how, John I mean, Morant. I get, jo- I'm, I'm going to say, like, John Morant's gray game and Zion's platinum. I mean, I, I get it, but... Well, Damn. But again, the Saturday. Look at, look at the look at the uh, the ratings when Zion played. Like people who don't watch college right, basketball, yeah. they watch Duke games. People yeah. who don't watch college basketball, they don't watch Jack. Yeah, that's the big thing with uh, with Zion. Oh, um, oof. a guy at that size, coming landing on the ground from that high up, just scares me. <laughs> as a as a, uh, as a team owner, like that's a lot of force yeah. in him. Yeah. and joints. Um, yeah. His shoe already exploded, so we're off to yeah. a good start. <laughs> Yeah, so it's um it's it's dog days right now. So the schedule is all we got. Um, anything else that uh kind of stands out to you guys? Uh, November thirtieth against 
the Bucks. Actually, no, that's October 30th versus oh, Milwaukee. The Halloween special, yes. fourth game of the season. Yep, so the Hall- old, Halloween the games old, are good at the The garden. old opener. <laughs> yeah. People in costumes. It felt kind of felt like Giannis bullied us around in the playoffs. So, kinda. you know, we got it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't kind of. Not the first game. <laughs> yes, yeah, not the first game. Yeah, yeah, the first game we won. First we punched, game we, we had punched him in his mouth, yeah. and then the second. And then he stuck our heads in the toilet. Oh, yeah. Then his brother <laughs> gave him a call, told him to be more aggressive. And What's that? So I'm definitely looking forward to the Milwaukee uh, game, any game versus Milwaukee this season, just seeing what the young guys and Kemba and all the whole team can can do versus Giannis. Yeah. Who's going to stop him? Was gonna outscore because if you paid any attention in the playoffs, it's like they lived and they died by Giannis. The dr- kick, drive and kick is what they lived by, you know. And Kyle Korver, I don't know if he'll be that great. It's gonna help him though. But him, he'll get a bunch him, of shots. Yeah, him being there, he will get I, a bunch of shots. I, if you cover him, other guys are getting shots. I like, so like uh, he's gonna help them on the drive and kick. I like Friday, March sixth against Utah. Um, mm. That's one I'd wanna go to. Mm-hmm. Friday night games are always good. I think Utah kind of kicked our ass at home we, last we, year. We talked about this on the uh, on the last pod too. Like that Utah team is really good. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, they are. We refer to them if this is a word as kind of Spursy. Yeah, they're Spursy. <laughs> the Spurs are Spursy, but Utah's a Spursy team right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they are. And um, so, so that's a good one. That's going to be a good gauge for um, how they are. That's going to be um, near the end of the year too. I'm so expecting all star out of Donovan Mitchell this year. All-star Don- level maybe gets in, maybe not, because that's a political game as yeah. much as its performance. But uh, he'll he – should, he should, should, he so should have tough. that. Yeah, he should uh, – everyone good is in the West now uh, for the most part. But, yeah, um, he'll, he'll he'll have all-star worthy numbers and all-star worthy performance for sure, uh, you know, unless he gets hurt. We do actually have a little bit of basketball being played right now, speaking of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we can kind of switch gears on the schedule and bring it back up when it applies. But we do have FIBA World Cup. We have Team USA taken over by Team Shamrock. Um, Donovan Mitchell's been pretty impressive in the games that I saw. But uh, we're not going to dig too much into, I don't know, Ivory Coast or whoever whoever the Celtics could potentially trample on the there, first USA. Route. There are, uh, I believe, well, three. Team Shamrock, Celtics, Samrock, yeah. Yeah. same thing. I believe there are... Three Antetokounmpo's on. Uh, oh, they, on one Greece? of them got released. So there's one of them did. Okay. Yeah. I just wa- I wanted to see three. Just of thank them. God they're not <laughs> twins. Yeah. <laughs> thank God Giannis doesn't have a twin like Marcus he's, Morris and like he, forget Marquee, about it. Yeah. That was yeah. That he, was, he got he's, he's got the, he's got the talent of three basketball players, but there are two other ones who apparently didn't get any of it. But I think the Knicks are like looking ahead to like. 2025 and like signed his brother or something yeah. right or was it I, one of the LA teams somebody signed you know his what? brother I, I can't blame him I want to get early into that recruiting. <laughs> we hey. saw what one of them became the early let's Giannis take the recruiting. other ones it was the Lakers the Lakers yeah alright but yeah so we I said the Celtics by mistake but basically we have team Shamrock and kind of linking this to the schedule I get the sense and I don't know if you guys do that we might get off to a quick start this year based on some of the team building and chemistry that's been happening with Team Shamrock. Right. So what do you guys think about yeah, that? Yeah, there are a few guys there who, Got a nod who have played together. Uh, but then you're you're adding the big, the big new piece. Kemba is pl- is going to get to play with these guys in you know some pretty competitive games uh, before camp, before the season starts. And uh, it should let them you know, really hit the ground running, at least, when this group of guys is on the floor. 
Yeah, it can only help just seeing what the different tendencies are of each guy that Kemba's going to be playing with, seeing what your new teammates like to do, what cuts they make, where they like to get the ball, all those things. Um, it's definitely going to help build a little bit of chemistry going into the season. So I'm, I'm glad to see, I'll be happy to see what happens. And chemistry was the big issue last year, yeah. one of them. We, we learned last year, I didn't learn this at Latin school, but it's not just addition, it's chemistry. We thought just by adding, okay, we're, we're adding Kyrie back, we're adding Gordon back to a team that went to the uh, Eastern Finals, lost in Game 7. Just by adding those guys, they're going to be guaranteed locked to get out the East. And it was, was an addition. It was chemistry that was really the key for that team right. last year. And unfortunately, the guy that we still have to integrate, I even feel more so than Kemba, is Gordon. Um, and Gordon's not on Team USA. But it's definitely a solid start to have those guys seeming to enjoy each other, particularly having Marcus Smart on that team with them. Right. Um, I think that's a good sign for the seeds going forward. You, we talked a little bit about leaders earlier. Like, if this team's going to take that step like Marcus is your leader that's your guy did, did you guys see recently just the discussion of if Marcus Smart should be a, should be the captain on the team next year anyone yes. see that talk on Twitter yeah what do you guys think about that I think that's what we were missing last year was a captain right if uh, if he steps up and he, it's a role that it's, he's a, it's a Stevens him. rule though that he doesn't do captains <clears throat> okay which, well you can be an unofficial captain I, but I think that plays into where Stevens Kind of fucked up last year, like oh, you know, it's a, it's my what's way. it called, egalitarian, whatever it is, where everyone's equal, and that's not how it works right. in life or in sports. Like they need a captain, they need they need a this is the leader, right? Um, identified by the coach too. I think that would really help. So it's out. like we had some young guys, and then we added dudes like Al, we added Hayward, and then we added Kyrie. So you you had a group of young guys that you were building with, and you added in those guys, and now that two of them are leaving and Al and Kyrie, it's pretty much like, like you were saying, addition by subtraction. Now that we don't have those guys, you're able to look at a guy like Smart and you're able to say, okay, Step maybe Tatum will rules. be the guy of the future, but right now Smart, he could be the captain of the team. And nobody will look at him sideways like that's an issue. Yeah. As opposed to when you had Kyrie and you had Horford, not naming those guys captains is like, you know, it's kind of controversial, so that's why you step yeah. back. You don't want to name a captain, but and your now, best, pl- I mean, ideally, your best player is the captain. But Marcus Smart's the longest tenured Celtic. Like he's the one that's going out there. I mean, Al can lead by example by making the right play, but Al's not usually diving on the floor for a ball. Right, like, right. Putting his putting himself on the line, you know, amping up the rest of the team. He reflects every now and then after a dunk, yeah. like the old Al Um <laughs> But a captain would be nice. Um, I know he has the calf thing. And they said, they just popped up on my phone that he got cleared to come back to Team USA, who I think they're down to 13 players yep. after everyone dropped out. Um, De'Aaron Fox just De'Aaron Fox. Too long ago. Oh, De'Aaron Fox is going to be a beast next year. Like, he, the way he ate Lonzo up, in the, Lonzo up in the tournament and then the Lakers still took Lonzo, De'Aaron Fox <laughs> is nasty. Um, Donovan Mitchell is nasty. But, so I'm thinking there's a good shot that Marcus Smart could make the cut. I don't know who's kind of on the bubble. Yeah, I think the last two Did, spots Didn't P.J. Tucker um, drop? P.J. Tucker dropped. I think it's up to either, the, probably the last three spots are either Derek White, Marcus Smart, and either maybe Harrison Barnes or Joe Harris, one of those guys. But, I mean, if that, if those are the case, I mean, I think Smart's definitely making it. I think it. Derek White can go. 
Yeah, I mean, if Smart's there, White's, you know, they don't really need White, but I think it would only help the... Mason yeah, Plumlee. Kemba's the only yeah. point guard. I mean, Mason really? Plumlee's there because he's tall. Yeah, yeah. And you need someone after the, the two You need guys. something like that. Yeah, they play needed De'Aaron Fox. Why did De'Aaron yeah. Fox withdraw? Was he... He said he wanted to focus on making it the playoffs next year. That was his reasoning. He didn't know that, like... Yeah, he didn't know that a week ago. He, he yeah. wanted the free trip to <laughs> Vegas. Right. Basically. But um, I think it could only help the C's that we got guys like, you know, Brown, Tatum, Kemba, even potentially Smart on the USA team. Um, you know, last year the issue was obviously, yeah, the leadership that we that was talked about wasn't there in the locker room. And the best player was Kyrie, and no one really followed him too much. So, I mean, that's what... At least now, with Smart being there, playing with Kemba, playing with Tatum, playing with Brown, you know, he could probably be the leader of this USA team with the roster they got. You know, as far as, like, effort, guys that he'll get in someone's face and not be, like, completely negative, and he'll be in a, in a competitive way. Yeah, that, and, you he, know. And, he, and he chose to be here, yeah, yeah. and he's committed for the next four years. We yeah. know that. Yeah. So you're never looking at Kemba and sort of reading into his... His actions or his body language, at, uh, you know, with an eye towards somebody who might have one foot out the door. Right. Like, right. you know you guys are in it together for the long haul, and you're more likely to want to work through any adversity that comes through the season. Yeah, but his personality in general yeah. and that step back yeah. crossover, mm-hmm. like Kemba, mm-hmm. uh, the game against Spain the other night. Yeah, like he caught a couple dudes, mm-hmm. just just ugly. And I don't know if it was the ball that just made it like the the FIBA ball that just made it look even more impressive. But yeah, I mean, Kemba's just he's got a crazy hezzy. So like he doesn't have the star power that Kyrie does, but he we talked about it. Like he's kind of a happy medium between it and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tatum looks like he grew. <laughs> you know, he got more muscular. He might have grown. He Tatum stood out on the court. I know he had a few turnovers, a few few sloppy plays, but physically, yeah, Tatum looks, looks like better. he's he's going to be a beast next year. He looked right? like you probably put on about 15, 20 pounds. He's, he can get to the hoop a lot better, it seems. So we'll yeah, see yeah. how it I've transitions. I've definitely seen a couple a loud finish yeah. from him the other night. In yeah. order to get to that 20-point goal that he's saying he wants to be at, he's going to need to get to the line a few more times. Right. So. We'll see. Yeah. Instead of a 14, 15-year vet, we just needed Tatum to put on 14 or 15 pounds. Right. <laughs> and we would have been nice to, last year. To piggyback off of what Trey just said, uh, he's got to get to the line more, and he's also going to, when he gets fouled, got to be able to convert, got to be able to finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's a good uh, free throw shooter. You know, so mm-hmm. him being 10 to 15 pounds heavier and stronger, he's going to be able to go to the basket stronger. He's going to be able to finish. And, yeah. uh, and get the end yeah. one instead of going to the line for, for two or... And everyone's talking about Philly and Milwaukee. Like, they're penciling in Philly and Milwaukee. And throughout the Stevens tenure, we've been at our best when we were sort of the underdogs. Right. Yep. Um, and even with the Kemba move, like, it seems like Dan- this was one of Danny's best moves because it seems like when when everyone thinks we don't have any options, that's when Danny's kind of at his best. Mm-hmm. Like, when we missed out on... on uh, Greg Oden, luckily, and KD, mm-hmm. after tanking that year, what are we going to do? All right, we trade we trade Jeff Green for Ray. We trade for KG. Mm-hmm. We get Eddie House and those guys. Like, this year was like, damn, like, for a good two or three days. You were like, what the hell? The national, like, they were having a field day on the Celtics. Like, the Celtics yeah. are finished. Oh, assets. And then all, yeah, yeah. Then Kemba, I mean, I don't ever need to hear that word again. Like, <laughs> then they emerged as a stealth The 28th suitor. pick in 2024 is not a fucking asset. Like, 
get over it. <laughs> well, tell that to, well, the Thunder, I mean, the, the Thunder and yeah. the uh, Pelicans okay. have that title now. They got all the assets in the world. Yeah. So and they can be thrown in as a rumor for every trade from now until 2030. And it's just fine and Hopefully they turn them into players. They'll, they will turn into players <clears throat> at some point. A few of them will be good. Most of them won't be. So we'll see. Uh, but speaking of drafts, Celtics had an interesting draft. Uh, yeah, okay, made a couple players. of moves. Got a bunch of guys. Uh, we saw all except one in the summer league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think about the rookies? Um, you know, I think I, I like Grant Williams, guys. Grant Williams, the guy we got coming out of Tennessee. I think was he was he a late first, the early second. He was a late first. Late first. Then we got one like the twentieth pick or okay. something. Like man, like I summer league. You know, I seen a couple of games from him at Tennessee. That dude's a good player, man. Like solid. Like you know, when he comes in the game, I'm not gonna worry about anyone not of him not knowing what the play is. You know, high effort. Hit the mid range, hit the long, hit the long range. He doesn't, he doesn't force anything. Under the hoop, he's a rock. Like, if you're looking at comparisons, you know, because that's that's what you know everyone does now. We want to see who he compares to. I mean, the two guys that we're familiar with the seas, you know, Glenn Davis, Jared Sullinger, like guys that in in I think Grant Williams could probably is definitely gonna be better than those guys because one, Grant Williams. He doesn't look like he ate Grant Williams. Like Grant mm-hmm. Williams is in shape, you know. He can move. He's athletic. You know, he's he's not he's not limited athletically like Glenn Davis. Or you know, we always worried about Sullinger's back when it was gonna go, and we worried for a reason for that. You know, Grant Williams. I'm expecting like, geez, he's gonna be probably our top pick off the bench. Like how many minutes a game do you think? He I could see him playing 20, 22 so minutes a, ro- a game. Rotation guy. I could see him definitely being a rotation guy. 20, you know, 20 plus a game? I can see him doing that because Stevens, Stevens will play the guy that's that fits the offense. He's yeah, we're thin. We're kind of thin at the uh, especially the there. Like, you know, Grant could stretch it. He could get boards. I'm expecting like ten points, six boards a game from him, moving the ball. Not as good as Al Horford used to, obviously, but I can see him getting a couple of assists. He, a game, he, a game. I, in summer league, I did see a little bit of Al in him, just in terms of like high post. That that was a that was a good screen at the right time. Yeah. That that he initiated. Yeah. You know those type of like intricacies that if you're watching film, oh, that was a good play. Now mm-hmm. it doesn't show up on the stat sheet or anything Correct. like that, but yeah. Sort of like Al coming out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Did Al do Did Al do three years in Florida? Maybe. No, I thought he did two. two okay. Three, well, you know he yeah. he you know he wasn't a fr- he didn't come on as a freshman. Correct. Yeah. Stayed there, got some seasoning. Mm-hmm. Um. Tennessee kind of busted my bracket pretty early in April, though. But um, in March, I mean. But uh, yeah, from what I I didn't know much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that stood out for me in college was that he was the leader on the court, unquestionably on that Tennessee mm-hmm. court. You know, they had Admiral Schofield. I think they had another point guard, Jordan Bone, that mm-hmm. was a pretty good player. But when when things were in the trenches, you could tell that Grant Williams brought the team he, together. He led the SEC in scoring. Yep. So he oh, okay. about 18 points, that. and he also was second in field goal percentage with 57%. So he knows he knows how to play, knows how to play efficiently. Um, and I think that he'd probably be, out of all the rookies, probably be the most, he'll probably play the most minutes out of the guys. I think so. I, who, think, I think you're right. Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Who did yeah. you, uh, who, so, who are you kind of looking at, Trey? So I had Carson, I mean, 
I had Tremont Waters. Okay. Goes by Trey Waters. Um, Works. Good choice. <laughs> had to go there. So the namesake. Went to high school, New Haven, Connecticut, at Notre Dame. Um, played for college, LSU Tigers. Um, so some of his accomplishments. When he was a freshman, he made the SEC All-Freshman Team. And then his last year, he was first team All-SEC. Did he come out after his sophomore year? Yep, he came okay. out. Um, he got drafted by the Seas so after his sophomore year. Um, and he averaged 15.1 points, 5.9 assists, about three rebounds, and three steals um, in that year. Uh, so do I expect him to be a rotation guy right away? I'm gonna be honest. I don't because of how many guys. Do you, do you are expect ahead him, of him to start in, in Maine or Boston? I expect him to start in Maine, okay. in the G League. Um, and I think, I mean, Terry Rozier played for the G League, and he averaged 19.4 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Um, so I mean, if if you send a guy to the G League and they're ready to play, they're gonna put up stats. So. I, I, looking at a guy like a Rozier, I, I could see him um, putting up some stats. It doesn't have to mirror what Rozier did, because Rozier's a definitely a better rebounder. But just a guy that can come in and lead a team, score, you know, 16 points or so, just run the offense. Yeah, he showed some skill in some league. He can he can shoot off the ball. Yeah, he can play. He can he yeah. can yeah. Even though he's a little undersized, he can he can play. So I seen Carson Edwards shooting a lot off the ball and I could I could see a lot of that in Tremont Waters too so like I see him doing a lot of that but also having playmaking ability so it's like I was excited but I just think out of all the guys he'll probably be the last in the rotation yeah hopefully he doesn't go the route of like the Marcus Thorntons and like other touted second round picks well, that just well we other Marcus Thornton was like was picked in the 50s like that guy he was yeah, a guard throw. Like, if, if you get NBA games out of him, you hit the pick, right, usually in right. that situation. Uh, I know uh, I, I wrote a little blurb about him on the old website, uh, but it's <laughs> Who the like, hell is Marcus Thornton? Who the hell is Marcus Thornton? The, uh, the we got to bring, bring that segment. The so everybody's knows what we're talking about. We're not talking about the Marcus Thornton that we traded. Right. The, the, the other Marcus Thornton. We like that Marcus yeah. Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that Marcus Thornton is fine. Um, you know, Here we are a few years after writing who the hell is Marcus Thornton. The answer is who the hell cares. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> who the hell knows? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, we still don't know. Uh, but uh, the the rookie that uh, that excites me uh, and that I had the task of looking over for the show is uh, uh, is Carson Edwards. Uh, yeah, he was the thirty third pick, so he was a second round pick. They got that pick in a trade from Philly. Uh, as that was happening, I was not really happy with what the Celtics were doing just because they traded the pick that was uh, Thibault to yeah, the Sixers. And I yeah. love Thibault. I'm a U of Washington guy, and I just think is going to be a good NBA player. But they ended up getting a guy who uh, some people were saying is the best pure scorer in the draft. Now, there is one word that comes to mind with him when looking at his stats and you know watching tape on him. It's inconsistent. Like He is an inconsistent shooter. He has range. Uh, he can when he's on, he can shoot the shoot the lights out. But looking at his numbers, he shot thirty nine percent last year. The year before his sophomore year, he shot forty five. 
but then he shot 38 his freshman year. So, like, he's all over the place with mm-hmm. his shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can catch and shoot. Uh, Do you think part of that was that the defenses were focused on him? Absolutely. Maybe that's a, that's maybe I have more space. Yeah, that's, space in that NBA was a factor. Game. He was the guy, uh, especially in his junior year. Uh, but he had a tournament run uh, this past season that was compared to Steph Curry's run with Davidson in a yeah. uh, He had two 40-point games. Right. He was the first person to do that since Bo Kimball in 1990. I didn't research that. I know it off the top of my head. Trust me, guys. Uh, he's most known for that performance against Virginia uh, in uh, was the, uh, the Elite Eight. Uh, 10 for 19 from three, 42 points. Is that overtime? It did go to overtime. Okay. He hit a buzzer beater to send it to overtime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the best player on the court. He looked like, if you only saw that game from him, like this guy is a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not that every time. Uh, over his uh, uh, over his career, uh, he shot f- uh, 41%, 36% from three. Uh, so he's got range, but those numbers are going to need to come up if he's going to be a consistent scorer in the NBA. Um, he is undersized. He's a two guard. He's got the body of a point guard. He's a two. Um, he's going to be a below average defender. He's just too small to defend guys at his position. Uh, he he's listed at six foot. He could be as low as five ten. Depends on who you ask. But point is, he's a little guy. Uh, but he has a quick release. He can catch and shoot. He should see his shooting numbers improve uh, when he's not getting the heavy usage he had in college. If he's Getting getting some open shots when the defense is looking at other guys, he can hit the open jumper. So he's going to contribute right away off the bench. Uh, we can see him early on, ten minutes a night, fifteen minutes a night. Just depending on game flow and what they need. Is he um, is he getting run over uh, Wanamaker? Like who's the backup? He's gonna he's gonna have a chance to Kemba, get over Wanamaker. Kemba, who's behind Kemba? Smart, smart as a the combo. See, that's the thing. I just think with Carson, it might be a little more inconsistent to start off the season. Right. Exactly. Just, it's, you might give Wanamaker those ten minutes, and then eventually, like a couple games, you're gonna give Carson those ten minutes. I don't throw even. In, yeah. I don't think Wanamaker gets in the game. I think you know we I'm bring Hayward in and hat. start to you know be a ball ball handler more. You know this year. With it's him. probably gonna come down to not who's. Not if he's making the shots, but if he's in the right spot yeah, right. and taking right. the shot. Yeah. Right. Knows, you know, knows the playbook. Yeah, and uh, I think if, when he's on, we're going to see some similarities to Isaiah with him. Right? He's, he's going to hit those shots. He, he, he does attack the basket, but he had trouble finishing in college. Specifically, because of his I like his screens, uh, coming off of screen, uh-huh. shooting the three. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, uh, if he plays well, that's going to be his biggest strength early on. Um, but when he gets to the rim, like picture Isaiah in the playoffs when teams focused on when he go to the basket, he looked like he got shot because he some of these guys have a hundred pounds on him and mm-hmm. it just it just goes the other way. Like that's gonna happen to him early on and it's it's probably gonna you know, it's gonna look bad, but hopefully he'll be able to adjust pretty quickly when he realizes you just can't do that in this league at that size unless you're you know, unless you're a, a special finisher. Yeah, I mean, be- because we all care, Marcus Thorin currently plays for Elon Shalom of the French League. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting paid to play basketball. So that's, a couple that's of teams passed up on Carson Edwards that might come to regret it. And specifically, yeah. maybe not the Pacers because they ended up getting Brogdon. But when they took on TJ Warren and got that 32 pick, I was actually afraid they were going to take Carson Edwards. Mm. And instead of taking him there, they took, well, they ended up signing Malcolm Brogdon. So good for them. But also the Sixers, who made that trade and had pick 33, 
they could have went after Carson Edwards, but they decided to trade that pick to us. So I think that's another team that needed him off their bench that might come to regret that. And especially when they lost J.J. Redick, if Edwards pans out, he could play a similar role to that. So he could have really helped them. Maybe not necessarily this year, but I think J.J. is a big loss for Philly. It is. It's a, it's um, a huge loss because they, they don't have yeah. that player. Um, of all, they of, weren't able to replace Of that. all the guys, so of all the guys we've been talking about, we, we haven't even first pod, this pod, even just, you know, social media, no one's really talked about the guy that we took with our first pick in the lotto, and that's Romeo Langford. Um, and when Danny took Romeo Langford, at first I felt like it was a reaction to the, him not getting the kid that went to Miami. That's what I was hoping they got. Tyler Harrow, Harrow? Yep. Like, that's the guy I was like, Trey, who's the best shooter in the draft? You said Tyler Harrow. I'm like, that's the guy I want. Um, and then Miami took him to pick right before us. But Danny, Justice Winslow part two. being prepared, made a Danny type of pick. It reminds me of the Avery Bradley pick, where he took a guy who was one of the top-rated players in high school who may have had some injury history or some, you know, maybe their value took somewhat of a hit in the mock drafts in college and pounced on him in Romeo Langford. And just sort of watching some of Romeo Langford's uh, tapes and some of his highlights, like, He's one of those guys, like, the, the first word that comes to my mind, he's just, he's smooth. He's a smooth player. And one of his weaknesses is that he can maybe be too cool at times where he doesn't seem like he's into the flow of the game if he doesn't have the ball. Or he might be a little lackadaisical at times. But Romeo Langford is smooth. And the skill-size combination is what made, made him a lottery pick. He's huge. When you, when you look at him on the screen, you're like, all right, he's an NBA guy. Like, he look, he's one of the biggest guys on the court, but he's handling the ball like a guard. He's pulling up like a forward, like really solid player. And in fact, you know, going into the season last year, into the uh, the college season, he was like a consensus top five pick um, in every early mock draft that I saw. But he had the thumb injury that I think kind of kind of uh, messed up his shooting. And obviously, when you have a year in college after you got out of high school, you can expose, you know, you can pick at his game and right. point to his strengths and weaknesses, and your stock can maybe drop a little bit. And then with the rise of Zion, R.J. Barrett, uh, John Morant, and Duke, like, he kind of fell under the radar a little bit, and I think it might work to our benefit that Romeo Langford slipped to 14. Um, he likes to have the ball in his hands. He's another guy that we drafted who excels as the primary option on offense. Even if they necessarily could be the, the first option on a championship team, they're at their best when they're the first option. Jalen, Jason, guys like that. Uh, and he does kind of remind me of Jason Tatum a little bit because he likes to create his own shots, and he likes to defer to the contested step back that drives some of us crazy when we're watching, watching uh, Tatum. You know, Kobe got a lot of heat. We, we, they, people felt like the Lakers sent Kobe on a mission to like destroy Tatum's game. To kind of have that Mamba mentality, but a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of Romeo Langford's highlights was off the dribble, step back, pull up, bang, you know, make or miss. But they were good, solid NBA moves, counter moves, combos, things like that. Um, he had, for at least to succeed with the Celtics, he's gonna have to learn how to play off the ball a little bit better on both ends of the court. He can't get lost wandering when he's in the corner and the you know he's on the weak side. He can't kind of get lost when somebody's doing a back cut, you know, when he's defending. Um, he he really has to be be focused and and attentive, you know, especially when he gets into the NBA game. So 
but he has the tools, the size, the length, the quickness to be an elite defender. And he was, I think Tatum came in as an underrated defender as well. And when Tatum's role his first year was minimal, you know, hit open shots off the corner, play defense, Tatum was a hell of a defender and a hell of a shooter when his role was very limited. Obviously last year he went to expand his game and even though his stats went up, he might have taken a step back a little bit in terms of just, just overall impact on the floor. But uh, Romeo Langford could be could be a great player, and if particularly if he can just find that, you know, Stevens loves poise and purpose. He needs to find a sense of purpose on every possession, whether he has the ball or not. And that was one of the weaknesses I saw with Langford, is just that when he wasn't directly in the play, he just kind of stood and watched. Right. So what do you what do you see Langford giving the seeds this year? Well, it depends. I mean, he he could be he could be our our scoring punch off the bench. Um, it, it's it's very interesting because he's behind. He's gonna be playing behind uh, Jalen in sort of a contract year, um, and hopefully, I mean, I don't think Jalen's gonna be looking over his shoulder. But I think Romeo Langford's you know six six two fifteen can handle the ball. Coming out of college, probably a better shooter than Jalen. Um, but I think that um, one ninety-five. Okay, one ninety-five. Yeah. Okay, um, one ninety-five. You, you just said it. Um, um, so yeah, he just has he's just a Danny Ainge type of player, just elite, elite athleticism, length, but the jump is not consistently yet, and that's the one thing that can take him over the top. And, mm. That sounds a lot like Jalen Brown a few years ago. When they yeah, exactly, it does. And, but when you have Jalen, Jason, and Gordon. Not to mention you're gonna have Grant Williams as a forward. You're gonna have Marcus Spark coming off as the combo guard. It depends. He, he's gonna to have to really sort of display that in practice right. and be in the film room to sort of get get consistent minutes on the court. But uh, it's not gonna be a redshirt year for him. Uh, but but he could be a next factor for us in terms of strengthening that bench. Do you, do you think that he is potentially a contingency plan in case Jalen does leave? <sighs> In, in the back of the decision makers' minds, I would think so. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's like Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, type right. of type <laughs> of plan. But um, it was just a, a, a situation where Danny's going to take the best, the highest upside player right. available. Uh, I don't think he wanted to make the Kelly Olynyk safe, safe, steady pick this time. Uh, he went with the guy with the upside. Um, and they're banking on you know that thumb injury maybe having something to do with his uh, his uh, shooting last year uh -huh. in Indiana. Uh, you know Stevens is the Indiana guy. I'm sure he's been watching Romeo Langford since he was in like the fifth grade or something. Yeah. Uh, I I think I mean, just if I didn't know anything about the guy, I say this a lot. And I was just watching the screen. You dropped me off from Planet wherever, and I never watched basketball. You look at the court. You're like, all right, that guy's big, tall, fast, and has skill. Who's that guy? Right. And that was Langford when I was watching him. So, um, sucks that we didn't get to see him in summer league, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see him in preseason and sort of hear about what's going on in camp with him. Uh, there's uh, there is one other person that we didn't talk about, a rookie that we saw a decent amount of in summer league. Uh, it's the elephant in the room. Everyone's falling in love with the guy. We got to talk about Taco. 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 Right. He's he's a project, like one hundred percent. We know that, uh, but he's seven foot seven, seven foot six, like in that area. Uh, obviously, he's gonna block some shots. The man can dunk without jumping. Like, have we 
even seen that. Like, Manu Bowl, Sean Bradley. Like, I don't remember seeing a guy do that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the, the best thing for Taco that we would hope for is that he could turn into even just a guy like Boban. Yeah. 12, 10, 12 minutes a game, run up, a, run up and down the court a couple of times. Yep. Be that specialist. Disrupt uh, some shots, dunk yeah. a couple balls. Right, yeah. he's That's uh, it. Because... He's he's got some skill to him too. He's not just a big oaf. Yeah. Like he's a right. uh, he's a good shot blocker because of his size, but he also has like good instincts mm-hmm. getting at the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a good rebounder. He can score around the rim. Again, yeah. Partially because of his height, <laughs> but he also ha- he has really good hands. All scouting reports you read on him, that's like the first thing they say outside of his size is he has good hands. <laughs> He'll be able to catch the ball without putting it on the floor, go right back into the bucket. Uh, so that's something that could be helpful in certain situations against uh, in certain matchups. Mm-hmm. He is an absolutely brutal free throw shooter. <laughs> um, 36% last year. Ouch. If he gets uh, if he gets minutes, we're going to see Hack Taco. Yeah. And the first time we hear that on a broadcast, it's going to be entertaining. Hack <laughs> um, <Hacka> Taco. But <laughs> the last thing I saw Taco was him going down the uh the water ride at Canopy Lake, oh, <laughs> <laughs> with a couple of like with, uh, like the Celtics uh, Shamrock Foundation or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine seeing that in person. Yeah, seven uh-huh. foot guy going down a, a <laughs> right the water ride at Canopy. Lake. It looked like a kiddie ride. <laughs> yeah, they, said, right. they said those were actually like the uh, camp counselors with him. Uh, they, said they weren't kids. <laughs> they were grown adults. Yeah, those were like grown men. <laughs> this uh, this guy, uh, I uh, I was really surprised no one drafted him. Like I'm talking like the Marcus Thornton pick, like pick 55. Take a shot on him, lock him up. Because did he go before Bull Bull? Yes, and I'm not surprised because if you heard the rumor during the draft, it was that the Celtics is might pick him, might pick Bull Bull. Or he's gonna slip in the draft, mm-hmm. and notice he slipped the whole entire draft, and then he finally got picked by Denver late, and then Taco ended up being a guy that you can invite to camp. Right. So, but it worked out. I was I was really thinking that someone is gonna just take a shot on this guy with a late pick, uh, because you can lock him up. If you lose, if he doesn't pan out, you lose a pick that is uh, essentially worthless. But if he pans out. You have something that nobody else in the league has. You can become just a, a role player, as Adam said, 10 minutes off the bench in the right situation. Easy comparison, Sean Bradley. He's best known for knocking himself unconscious in Space Jam in the hospital scene. But he had a pretty solid career. He was in the league for 10, 12 years. Uh, you can get that out of him and just rebound, block some shots. That's a guy who can help you, and he was basically free. Yeah. And even if he doesn't make the roster, like between Taco Fall, Carson Edwards... Tremont Waters, um, Kemba, Grant Williams. It seems like we're gonna have a team next year that is gonna be fun to root for. Right. Like it's like the Isaiah team again. O- o- overall, like when when losses aside, expectations aside, it seems like we're gonna have guys that we can root for and have fun at the games. Uh, right. You know, makes make make Celtics basketball fun again next year. Um, I don't know if you guys have any last thoughts that loose ends you want to tie up um, in this dog days episode. I'm ready to start grilling, man. Oh, start start grilling and chilling. Start start the grill. Start the grill. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. The next episode, I think what we're gonna do is maybe just tell you guys a little bit more about ourselves, like who the hell is Marcus Thornton? Well, who the hell who the hell are these guys that that right. have this podcast? Like right. so so we'll tell you a little yeah, bit about we'll ourselves. Um, we can do that. 
Um, thanks for listening. Trey, Adam, yep. Mark, anyone in, got anything else? Uh, in the meantime, uh, give us a follow. Yep. Like uh, like us on iTunes. Yep. Uh, we're Subscribe. On, we're on uh, five star Instagram rating. at Section 5. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Section 5. Give us a like. Uh, Twitter, follow us again at Section 5. Yep. Uh, pretty consistent. Nobody wants our name, so we were able to get it on all platforms. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, we uh, we are up on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, so subscribe, give Go- us a rating. Google Play coming. Google Play coming. Uh, Spotify coming. Uh, episode 2 will probably end up on, on there around launch time because it does take a couple of days for it to, to clear to, to get that up and running. But uh, you'll be able to find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts soon. Uh, but right now it's, uh, it's on Apple. Uh, so give us a like, give us a review, uh, give us a subscribe. Yep. Do subscribe. All right, peace out.